What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We are joined today by Gunnar Peterson. Now, if you don't know who Gunnar is, he is one of the most widely recognized personal trainers on the planet. He's formerly the head strength endurance coach for the Los Angeles Lakers uh, during that incredible run to the 2020 NBA championship. He's long been uh, the strength and conditioning coach behind some of the most widely recognized athletes and celebrities in the world. So let's put it this way. You've watched his clients win Super Bowls and destroy the box offices, at least back when that was a thing. So I was personally excited to speak with Gunnar. Because in addition to his own, you know, tremendous personal success as a trainer and coach, he's also had the opportunity to work with a diverse group of high achievers. So folks who perform on some of the world's biggest stages at the highest level. Uh, so I had to imagine in addition to talking strength and conditioning, he would have some incredible insight to offer. And uh, needless to say, this episode did not disappoint. Actually, as many of you know, we do a run it by my wife section at the end. And uh, I came downstairs and, and caught Sonia listening to this about 20 minutes in. And she was fired up about all, uh, in her words, the nuggets that were being dropped early on in the episode. So one of our better episodes. Absolutely. It was a great conversation. If you're enjoying the show, please do make sure to subscribe wherever it is you're listening. And if you'd be so kind, please do leave us a rating and a review. And well, uh, you know what, folks? What are we waiting for? Let's just roll into this one. Without further ado, please welcome Coach Gunnar Peterson to the show. Here we go. I gotta get up. I got too much to do. Yeah, I gotta get going. I gotta talk to you. It's time to start. Well, first off, Gunner, thank you uh, for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always excited. When you get the request, you're like, really? All right, let's do it. And then people go, really? You'll do it? I go, yeah, why wouldn't I? Let's go. What do you got? If you're getting good information out and you're trying to make the world a better place, I want to be a part of that. I want to tag along. No, I appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I was going to bring this up and maybe I'll, I'll start with this. You know, one of the things that I felt comes through uh, in all the videos I've watched, the reading I've done, just, you know, any, any sort of uh, prep work I could do for this. Are you uh, going to share, are you going to really share what you see in all the videos you watch? Oh, my oh, videos. No, no. <laughs> yeah, your videos, exactly. <laughs> I'll just share yeah. like, You got a family, don't, man. Don't put that out there. Like I know. That. I don't need the FBI knocking down my door. Correct. Um, y your humility, it, it, it comes through. And I don't mean to put you on the spot uh, from the get-go, but I mean, you, you, like you just said, right? If someone reaches out to you, says they want to do a podcast, you're like, absolutely. If you're yeah. trying to help the world, I'm happy to help as well. And so, uh, you know, I, I would think a lot of people have a perspective of what LA is. Uh, you know, uh, they would have uh, an, an idea of the type of individual that would thrive in that environment. And uh, you seem that like you would be comfortable in any walk of life. And it's just there's a, there's a real authenticity there uh, that I think comes through in at least everything that I've seen. Uh, I was, um, you know, that thing, a couple things. I know where I'm from. I know who I'm from. I know my background. I know my family. Uh, I know uh, I, and there's that line. What's right? What's wrong? Mm. Will I will I tow that line? Will I cross it? You know where you'll go. Um, there's just certain things you do and you don't do. And, and 
if, if you can, if you can, if you have clear sight of that, if that's formatted in your brain, then I think you, you screw up less and less. And I think as you get older, those lines become uh, less blurred and hopefully you make better decisions then, you know, when you hear about the guy who's whatever age and he's still doing X, Y, Z that you go, I used to do that, but I was 20 right. and you're going, how is that guy doing? I, I look at those people. I go, how is that guy still doing? Like, it's okay if you're 20, kind of, sort of. How is that guy still doing that now? So hmm. I know what I'm about, and I know where I'll go and where I won't. So it's not it's not hard to do. As far as humility goes, uh, I come from a rock-solid family. My parents, my brother, um, the work ethic, the communication, it's all there. Um, and then go, go closer to home, in my home, my wife, my kids, there's – tremendous communication there's respect there's um we address things that that aren't uh if something's not a hundred percent we knock knock hey here's a problem mm. i want to address this i text my kids three four five in the morning i don't care and i say when you wake up call me and i always write all good unless it's a problem and if i don't i just write when you wake up call me and then yeah. they're like dad what's going on and so if you know what you're about and you communicate and you're operating from a a place of uh, being impeccable with your word. If I'm going to borrow from the four agreements, you know, that kind of thing, then you shouldn't have a problem. As far as humility goes, it's that great uh, speech from, from uh, where did Arnold deliver that speech at a, at a, some university, some graduating class. He's like, oh, yeah. right. Nobody's self-made. You're not self-made. Stop right now. You are not self-made. And, yeah. and, and I'm not going to paraphrase him, but, but I'm not self-made. So why wouldn't there be humility? I didn't get here by myself. I didn't get yeah. here. I didn't get here today. I didn't get home by myself. Like I just, you can't do it by yourself. Whether you think yeah. you are and you're a hero and you're going to beat your chest. No problem. I'm not going to beat mine because if I, if I dig a little deeper and look a little bit beneath the surface, I got a hand here. I got some help here. Somebody pushed this, somebody helped with that. And you have to realize you, you I didn't get here alone. Yeah. No. And I, I think there's a lot of self-awareness and, uh, you know, I love, I love to read. And so whether it's, uh, looking at sports figures like Bill Walsh or, uh, I'm a Seattle guy originally. So I love Pete Carroll. Um, it, it, you know, one of the things that seems consistent when you talk to folks who've had some, uh, high degree of success and whatever their pursuit is, they have those like, and and make sure, hang on and make sure we're understanding that that doesn't necessarily mean financial. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like to make that because there are a lot of people yeah. who are freakish. I had a discussion yesterday with somebody about um, educators and how mm. did I think or do I think that the private schools have, you know, are the schools, do they cost more? Or do the teachers get paid more because those teachers are better? And I said, I don't know that you can. I know you can't say that with in broad strokes. I don't think you can say that. I think it's like attorneys, right? And I know we don't want to compare the two because some people think of educators as the highest and attorneys just as, you know, scumbags. I look at it like if you're a public defender, is that better than a defense attorney? And are you a better attorney if you're a defense attorney? I don't think so. I think it's where you channel yourself. So you may have some of the best educators in the world in in public schools in places that that you wouldn't think they would be there because they're there, they're trying to uplift and they're trying to do better and yeah. they may not be compensated financially, but they're rewarded in different ways and they would choose that job 10 times out of 10. So just make sure when you say success, it's not always, it's all, it's not always attached at the hip to, um, financial. No. And I, I think that's a good distinction. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's a, probably a, a large number of people who have achieved financial success 
And, uh, you know, they come to find that like, that's, that's not what's going to be fulfilling. Right. I think everyone's sort of like golden handcuffs. Uh, yeah. you know, you can create well, financial success to a point where it can, it can actually trap you. Right. And some people say, um, someone once said to me, you think, uh, you think that, how do they say, you think money equals happiness. Do you think mm-hmm. money buys you happiness? I said, no, I don't. I think money buys you the freedom. And there are a lot of conditionals in this sentence. So stay with me. I yep, think money, I think money buys you the freedom to pursue what you think might make you happy. And then mm. if you have enough money and that thing doesn't make you happy, more of that money allows you the freedom to back out and course correct and find, try to find something else that might make you happy. The money itself yeah. doesn't necessarily make you happy, but it gives you the freedom to pursue the things that might make you happy. Yeah. Or, that you're, or that you've convinced yourself will make you happy. And then it's up to you to pursue them and then say, wow, it did or it did not. And I need to, I need to find another way. Mm-hmm. But, but that's all to me. The, mo- the money just facilitates. Yeah, I agree. And I feel, you know, at this point in my life, right. And I have three kids. I know you have five. So uh, I almost feel like I'm, you know, I don't even have a, have a leg to stand on here in this conversation in terms of parenting responsibilities. Too, too many jokes there with legs. So just keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> nothing right, we'll, is, we'll, nothing we'll, to see here. Um, but for me, it's, it's now about, man, how do I, how do I get more freedom of time? Like you so, mentioned. Sure. The and commodity. for me, a lot of my financial goals are now aligned to, man, how do I buy myself the opportunity where I can start to take more control yep. over the time that I do have and spend it with the people I care about and the, and the projects I'm passionate about? Yeah. My brother put it in a great perspective. Um, he's a very successful businessman, maybe the smartest guy I've ever met, not to mention well-read and educated. And there's a difference between smart and well-read and educated, right? Three different categories. He, oh, he's, absolutely. The, he, he's, he's on the podium in all three. And he... Uh, he said time and he's in, he works in the commodities industry. So, uh, okay. yeah, even more telling, he said, it's the only commodity we can't create more of and right. So what are you going to do yeah. with it? What are you going to do? Yeah. With it? The hourglass is running. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, summer school Spanish teacher who once told me, uh, you can always make more money, but you can never get your time back. Yeah. And that's stuck with me. Not yeah. the Spanish. Right. Um, Ouch. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you a question. I think, from for the out from the outside looking in for most people right there, there's a number of titles associated with your name uh, and maybe we can even talk about how you feel about some of them but yeah i mean you've literally been named you know the top personal trainer in the world um i guess for you, yeah. you I, call my who's you call my mom yeah, you. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Fair. That's, um, you know, that's but for you, what does success look like? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. But you know, for you, I mean, you've already kind of like made the point, like, hey, let's let's stop this right here and be really clear about what success means and the measuring stick we're using. You know, for you at this point in your life, I guess, how, how do you measure success? Um, and ooh. speaking specifically to like, you know, where you're at in life, like. How, how are you knowing that you're checking the boxes on what you want to do and who you want to be? And not to get too deep, but I feel like we kind of went there. <laughs> uh, yeah, you went there. Uh, you, you look at, I don't know. It's funny. Are you able at the end of the day to say it was a good day? I wake up saying mm. it's a good day. You wake up. Mm. It's a good day, right? Try, try not waking up one day. That's not a good day. So right. you, you wake up. It's a good day. And then how it unfolds. And that's to, for me, that's largely uh, that, that plays out largely due to the way I've prepared for it. I'm a big prep guy. Mm. Uh, I wasn't so much in school. I was a last minute guy. I just had this conversation with my mom yesterday. Um, 
you know, I was the pack right before the flight, get to the airport and have to talk to the person at the check-in to allow me, even though the gates closed. And, you know, it was that guy. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm packed two days ahead of time. I get to the airport. I roll around. I got time. Um, Same with my workouts. I write my workouts the night before. I get to the gym very early. They're all printed out. Um, it's just, it's just, I ease into it and then I can really focus on the execution of mm. the prep, right? Uh, college would have been a lot easier had I done it that way, but I didn't. Yeah, so whatever, about. slow learner, late bloomer, I, I, I wear those hats. Um, so then at the end of the day, did you do what you set out to do? And I will go through my phone. I know you're not supposed to look at your devices, you know, before, an hour before bed. And I understand, sorry, I'm working on it, but I will go through and anything I didn't respond to. Hmm. Or, or I didn't, you know, I pinned or I left unread. I will write back and say, sorry, I didn't get to this day got ahead of me. I'll hit you tomorrow. And I'll, and I'll follow up on those. And I try to have as few of those as possible. Um, and then, and you know, you had a good day because you planned it out. You executed the boxes that you're checking really are, did I do good work? Did I do my best? Um, did I honor my word? Did I have quality time with my wife? Did I have quality time with my kids? Was I good to my body? Did I get my workout in? Um, did I fuel properly? And then, I mean, I know that kills the romance with food and whatever, but if you eat like that, I know that spills over into, for me anyway, that spills over into performance on every single level, how I'm level of patience, level of fatigue, uh, strength, um, aches and pains and joints. I know what I eat can directly be tied to that. So that's how mm-hmm. I measure success. How I measure, did I have a good day? Did I do things right today? Is this quality? Am I, am I being successful? Yeah. Well, and, and you said something there too. And I, in, in reading up on, uh, just your schedule, it's insane to me that you're getting up at three forty-five in the morning. So but, but time, time out. Yes. Before anybody okay. Here's jump, what I want to hear. Yeah. Go for it. No, go for before, it. Before anybody, there's nothing heroic about that. And people ask me, I don't walk around going, guess what time I get up. I don't do that. I get up when I get up because that serves me best. I can accomplish more and do more. The yeah. only time that's heroic is if you go to bed at midnight every night. But well, that's if, what I want to ask you. Yeah. Now, so if you're going to bed at, I'm not going to say 7.30, but I just did. But if you're going to bed at 8, 8.30, 9, 9.30, that's okay. Yeah. You can still make that. If you're going to bed at 10, 10, 15, and, and 10 and 10, 15 to me are worlds of difference if you're getting up at 3.45. Mm-hmm. Um, 11, you can do it. You can make it work. But if your night, if your bedtime goes like, let, let's say Sunday night, right? The stress day before the week. If I go to bed at 11 on Sunday, I'm probably not going to feel good till Thursday. That's really oh, yeah. how, just how it works. Right. I'm setting yeah. myself. But if I go to bed Sunday early, Monday, relatively early, Tuesday, relatively early, Wednesday, I cut it short Thursday. I push. Mm-hmm. And that's when my 11 is, I can make it through the week. And but, so, but, but is, it's, is not, it accurate? it's not, it's not yeah, heroic. You, it's not heroic to get up early. Big deal. There are a lot of people that get up early. Look at all the people who work at the airport. Look at all the people driving buses. Look at all the people delivering packages. Look at, there, there's so many people who get up early. There's a whole nother world working on that end of the clock. It's incredible. Yeah. And I love, I love thinking about that too. And so is it accurate to say, because there are, um, you know, those personalities who are very vocal about how early they get up and they, they talk about the four yeah. hours, but for you, Not you know, like some, some of the stuff that I've already heard, it's about optimizing. Um, yeah. or, so you're basically shifting everything forward, right? Is that the right way? Like you're just getting to bed earlier so that waking up at three forty-five 
is feasible. You're still well rested. I'll I'll tell you when it's tough. If we take a trip, let's say East Coast, that's tough. But if we take a trip, even Central Time Zone to Nashville, and you get in at a certain time and you end up going to bed at 11, right? Even though that's nine, when, when you go to get up at five there, if I want to hit the gym before we're doing whatever we're doing as a family, that's three. My body's, my body's going, hey, it's three. What are we mm-hmm. doing? We have 45 more minutes. So then it's not, not that it's heroic, but then it's, it's, it's tougher. But it's not insurmountable. My God, there's so many people. I, there, like, my, my line, and I said this actually on the phone again with my mom today. She's 83, so I call her every day. Uh, sharp as a tack. And, and I just, she says, oh, I'm sorry, that was tough today. Or, oh, you must have, must have been a hard day today or something. And I go, mom, a lot of hotter hells than mine. There are a lot of hot, there are a lot hotter <laughs> hells than mine. And she just pauses and she goes, yes, there are, sweetheart. Yeah. So as long as you keep that perspective, there, there are a lot worse lives than this. this is, I, I have zero problems, zero complaints. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, for you, obviously, I, I know that you have a ton on your plate. Um, but but why is... By choice, yeah, okay, so, yeah. the people who complain, I'm busy. Oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm swamped. I'm buried, man. Like you can't court it, you mm. know, nurture it and then be pissed that it's happening yeah. to you. You sound like a fool. You yeah. sound like a fool. You do a hundred cold calls and then you have, you know, you get 40 calls back and you're like, dude, I got 40 calls to return. Like you put a hundred calls out. What did you, what did you hope for? Two? Right. So well, I'm, you I'm know- happy. You know what was funny too about uh, living through this whole pandemic is the same people that were saying there was no time, not enough time in the day, too busy, overworked, were the same ones to be vocal about. I got nothing going on. I don't have time to exercise. Hey, guess what? (laughs) Hey, you got all the time. Here's a shit ton of time, man. Knock yourself out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I hear you. So much of that is, like you said, perspective. Um, But, you know, kind of, I guess, along those lines, you know, by however you want to measure your success, you, you are one of the most well-regarded trainers, strength and conditioning coaches in the U.S., in the world. Um, I guess, you know, from your perspective, what is it that has like set you apart over the course of your career? It's, uh, I mean, I, I think it's, you just don't quit, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how do you become a Navy SEAL? You, you don't want to become a SEAL. You have to become a SEAL. You, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't quit. That's it. You, you can't, unless you're medically discharged, you're, you're not out if you don't quit. So I just don't stop. There's nothing stopping me. There's, I'm not going to quit. You, mm. you might be better than me. You might be stronger than me. You might know more than me. You may have more degrees than me. I'll never stop. Mm. I'll never, I'll never tap out. I'm just not, you know, I'll take the extra person. I'll, I'll work the holiday. I'll, I'll travel to the place and, and hunker down. And yeah, I just will. I will. I I, I don't mind it. I like it. I, all these things are experiences. I heard a great podcast mm. with uh, Ed Milet and, and Dirks Bentley and oh, love Dirks. Yeah. Love. And he said he would play these gigs where sometimes it was just him and his, I think he said his cousin and they were literally like the wallpaper, like people didn't even know. And they, they just play for tips and then somebody would say the next day, hey, there's another little gig this you want to go? And he'd go, yeah, I just want to play. And he would do it. And and Ed said to him, see, that's the difference is there are guys who will do it once or twice, but then they're not going to go back. They go, that didn't, that, that didn't turn. I netted nothing from that. No, right. I never, I didn't get a bigger job from that. I didn't get a bigger paycheck. No one offered me a record deal from that. But you just kept doing them because you love doing them. 
I'm the same way with the training. Yeah, I'll make mm. it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it work. What day? Yeah. Oh, I started this. I'll, I'll go before. Can you go after? And usually what you find out is the person doesn't want it as much as I'm willing to do it. That's mm. what happens. And, and I mean, it's not, you're not blaming them. That's just how they see their schedule. I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And I go, okay, can you do 5 a.m.? Yeah, I'll probably get up. I got work. I got same pal. I mean, you want this or do you not want it? And I'm not saying I'm challenging you, but if that's all I have at that moment, you can't expect me to cancel someone I've had at eight o'clock for five years because, you know, you got a wild hair and want to start training, mm-hmm. but they won't bend. So I think, I do think that I digress, but I think that the, the answer to your question is I just want it more. I want to do everything. I want all the experiences. Hmm. Where, where does that come from? Is that just innate? Is that something you were just born with? Is there is there a family member that you know is just wired the same way? I know I, I know uh, Mama Peterson has yeah. made uh, a big uh, a big impact on the show already. Yeah, she's the uh, honestly best. Uh, I think my dad took every opportunity as a job came up. He took it. He took it. You know whether mm. it was my family moving from the East Coast to Houston, Texas, or moving from Houston, Texas to London to the Middle East to then they went to the Philippines and then they then they went to Europe and then they went to Argentina. It was just just take the job. Just take the mm. job. The job leads. You know, work begets work. One door opens another door. That's just how it is. And my mom always be willing. She used to always say, "My suitcase is packed. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'll go." Uh, my brother, same thing. He, he's, he's worked. He takes, the, the, you know, where the job takes him, he goes. There was a time when he was traveling 290 days a year. The guy's tireless, absolutely tireless. And he hmm. would do the, the last dinner and he'd be the first guy up working out. And then at the, at the early meetings, he's just tireless. So who am I to say members of my family work like that? I don't want to, I don't want to be the one that they go, Hey, that's, that's the guy who doesn't work. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be yeah. on a par with them. Different job, right? I don't have to tie a tie and I don't have to do the same. I'm not in the same business uh, rotation that they're in, but I want to be that. I want to take, and this is another thing about training. I took early on and I still take the training seriously and I treat it like a job. Hmm. I treat it like a job. There's a start time. There's an end time. There's a way there's a way you approach, there's a way you close out, there's a system to opening up the gym, shutting down the gym, prepping the workout, finishing the workout. You know, there's, it's like a good play, right? Beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And that's true. That's true for all your athletes that you're working with. And I, and I know you work with a wide variety uh, yeah. of people. Um, yeah, I, have a guy, I, I have a guy now who's a baseball pitcher. He's about to return, right? Uh, hmm. We're early February. He's going back any day now. And we've shifted his stuff to more, um, conditioning specific. It's, it's less of the heavier lifts. It's less of that. And, and we've, it's, it's morphed into more conditioning stuff. He's mm-hmm. still wrecked when he leaves cause he wants that, but he's wrecked in a different way. And yeah. that's how we, we decided to, he, he requested it and we walked through why and what he's done in the past that has worked, what he's done in the past that has not worked. And this is what we came up with. So there is a system to it. It's a different system than um, than an NBA guy that I may have, or than a boxer that I may have. But it's a system nonetheless. Hmm. And I feel like you know whether you're working with, to your point, like top tier athletes, or you're working with some of these uh, actors who are maybe preparing for a role. Uh, I have to imagine that in a lot of cases you have a really um, finite objective for these guys, but you or and gals, but you probably have a short amount of time 
to get it done, right? It, it's not like, uh, I wouldn't imagine you get to have most of your clients consistently over the course of the year. Uh, it's probably being fit in in an off season maybe, or it's fit in, you know, in between some sort of like filming schedule. Um, like w- what is your sort of process for kind of assessing the difference between where they are at that moment and how you're going to get them uh, to, to where they need to be? Well, you're right in that there is a natural ebb and flow to the client base throughout the year. This is, mm-hmm. as you know, it's a transient town. People come in, they come out, uh, people's riches rise, people's riches fall. Um, they are here, like you said, for an off season and they're gone or they're here before a role or they, or they contract you and contact you for a role. Mm. Then maybe they bring you along for the role or maybe they don't, or maybe they don't bring you along for the role, but then they pick it up when they return. So there's an ebb and a flow to all of that. Um, as far as putting it together for them, you have to factor in what they see. So they're heard and you address mm. not their concerns, but their, you know, their hopes, their dreams, their fears kind of thing. It's, it's going to suck this bad, but not that bad. Um, this is why it's going to be great and why it's worth it. Um, then, then you look at their approach because a lot of them come in with, uh, a preconceived notion of what a training regimen looks like. And you go, okay, yeah. I hear that. I feel that. Or if that's what you've done, it hasn't yielded the results you want, but are you sure you want to continue doing the same thing? I don't want to follow any other program you're on, unless it's an athlete coming from a team and I've spoken with their strength coach directly. I'll say, and I've had that I've had back in the day, uh, before I was with the Lakers, I, I had a guy come to me and he said, he literally came to my gym. I was going to train their, their top guy in the off season. And he brought me their off season training program and he started going through it. And then he kind of closed it and he threw it. He goes, gee, take a look at that. I mean, you know what you're doing. This is just what we're doing. If you can use any of that, use it, but if not do your thing. And it was such a, a respectful way of handling it for, you know, at the time, I think I'd been in this 25 years. So thank you. Um, but you got to factor in what they want then you factor in what they need. Then you factor in what you see and how to communicate to them. I see mm-hmm. this, which is why I think we need this. And this is how I would approach it. Then you make sure we're all on the same pages. Cause not many people really like surprises. And, and then you show them how you're going to put this together and how, I mean, not that you peek around corners, but you definitely show them how it's going to unfold over the course of the um, foreseeable future. I'm telling you right now, so I'm in sales. I work in tech. I mean, we, we could just chop that up and pass that around to the sales teams like that. That is like sales 101. And I love that that's kind of where this conversation went. Like uh, it's, you know, about instilling confidence, getting them comfortable listening, uh, you know, and then showing but, them the vision that. But but the difference is yeah. in sales. Ultimately, you're going to hoodwink them and screw them over. I'm not. Oh, come, to, on. Uh, <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, no. my boss is like well and you blew it yeah. uh, <laughs> no but you know what i mean like at the end of the day i'm i'm and i will say this to them like i'll say i'm on let's the, the, the person's name is is john and i'll go remember when he balks at something i'll go hey i'm on team john remember that i'm on your team i'm right. here for you i get yeah. zero out of this you're already in this with me we're we're, we're in lockstep so what we're doing is only solely for you. Mm. I, I get, you know, you can't as a as a strength coach, you, you can't really take 
the credit, but you also really can't take the blame. And I know there's some people, ah, oh, you can take the blame if you injure the guy. Do you really injure the guy? I mean, if I get it, if I smash him over the head with a barbell, yes, I've injured him. But right, it's really, this clear cause and effect. Was my exercise prescription over the course of the offseason what led him to tear his ACL? I don't know. I think you'd be hard-pressed to prove that, especially yeah. because I'm pretty thorough with the prep. I have a history of this. I don't know if the trainer is, if the strength guy is really always to blame. A lot of time they're the lowest on the totem pole. So take your shot. But, you know, they come, strength coaches come, especially nowadays, especially in the pros, with so, and, and college too, with so many certifications and, and so many um, case studies behind them. And they're so diligent with what they learn. And there's such a, the field has improved so much since I started, mm-hmm. right? In terms of uh, levels of certification. Um, uh, continuing education, guys and girls really know a lot. Like they are really, they are deep, deep into this and they live yeah. and breathe this stuff. So their exercise prescription, it's a lot less hokey nowadays. If anyway, if anything, it skews more to the safe and sound than mm. it does to the, you know, Hey, sit on this stability ball and hold a hundred pound dumbbell in the right hand, fully extended, and then bounce this tennis ball. Why that kind of stuff is, you don't see that like you used to when functional Hmm. training was, that term was first kicked around. A lot of it looked like circus tryouts. And, and I just, you just don't see that as much anymore. I see a lot, like I've been in a ton of uh, professional strength rooms and strength, you know, like weight rooms and, 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 strength and conditioning departments and seeing these guys, they are so damn good. All of mm. them across the board. They're just really solid at what they do. Yeah. Well, and you know, how, how would you define your approach to strength and conditioning? Because, you know, I, I'm not trying to put you in a box or say like, Oh, this is my system that I leverage. Um, but you know, functional training is what comes to mind. And now granted, I, I only see, uh, what you put out. Right. And that, whether that's social media or videos that you've done, but, um, you know, very rarely is it just your standard diet of traditional back squat. Everything does seem to have like a purpose, uh, in that it reflects either sport or movement. Um, and and it seems to kind of uniquely, uh, in your own way, be very innovative from the outside looking in, but I, you know, how do you think about it? So it's not, I mean, what I post is, I mean, I, I, you just, you hit this, it's a fraction of what we do. Right. And, and if I, yeah. post, if I posted back squats all day, you'd go, Oh, this clown. And you just keep scrolling. Like people know back squats. And, and I think there are people who post better back squats or, or more impressive back squats or more, um, structurally sound or, or, um, just better for, I don't know. Th- th- there are people doing that. I don't need to do that, but I can post, uh, a different type or a, a new twist on an old standard again mm. not just to be the new twist or not to be um not form over substance i'm not that guy like, yeah. like yeah, yeah. i i want to give you something that's that w- i i just recorded something the other day and, and the way we shot it doesn't illustrate what it is but it's it's a it's a rear lunge with a sandbag rotation and as you come up with the opposite knee that drives up as you drive up, you drive up into the sandbag. So there's a ah. core engagement. There's different stressor on your hip flexor. And it's just a different move. And we started doing this. And people are like, I feel so much core when I do this. And I thought, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought we should post that. That's not to say that you shouldn't do a regular rear lunge, that you shouldn't do uh, an axial loaded rear lunge, that you shouldn't do the rear lunge with just a sandbag, that you shouldn't do it with just a dumbbell, that you shouldn't rotate. You should do all those things. But this is another thing to add or to incorporate or to to try 
Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's why I post that kind of stuff. But functional training, that's that you, you brought that up. Um, functional for what is the first question? Mm-hmm. What is it functional for, right? Functional for a lineman is different than functional for a wide receiver, right? Functional yeah. for um, a boxer is different than functional for an NBA center. So what are we looking at? Functional for uh, a mother of a stay-at-home mom at three is different than functional for a weekend warrior dad who is 30 pounds overweight. So you've got to look at what is the function that we're, we're what are we serving to improve the function of? And then hmm. you break, break it down and do the program that way. Yeah. So, you know, how much, uh, and like I said, and I didn't mean to make the show about your Instagram all of a sudden, I don't care. But, but no, I like, I'm, I, I'm, I lo- wide, I'm wide open. I told you that in the beginning, whatever you want to talk no, about. I, I appreciate it, it, man. I, appreciate I can back it. it all up. All good. Well, no. And here's what I love though, is I, I love, uh, one to see like an innovative approach, a new way to create, I imagine like a stimulus or to throw someone off balance or to challenge something neurologically or physically, uh, in a different way, which, which I think is really exciting. How much uh, of that type of training are you incorporating, like, let's say with like your top tier athletes? Um, because I imagine at some point, oh, go ahead. So that depends where you are in their, in their macro cycle, right? Like mm. where are we in the off season? Where are we in the season? Where are we just after the season? I mean, all those, that and each guy, some guys need more than, or girls, some need more than others. Some yeah. want basic this, uh, Last year with the Lakers, JaVale McGee was, you know, people, some people say, is he the only guy you train? You post about him all the time. First of all, I only repost. I don't post people who train with me. I only repost their stuff. I think that's, that's just how I do it. And I think that's respectful. And I think once somebody posts it, it's fair game to repost. I don't post it. So I'm, you know, yeah, I'm not, no, you're I'm not, fla- you're not name dropping, not flaunting. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. Look, here's here. I, I sometimes I want to, I say, God, I wish we were videoing this. It's so great. Or yeah. I'll video for them and then they won't post it. Like, Why didn't they post that? They they looked great. The movement was great. The strength was great. That's such an easy post, but they just don't. And and you have to respect that. But yeah. uh, the, the, you know, Javale would train, and and he was probably most consistent on the team. I mean, he's he's just a beast. He was always in there. And on game days, we had a very uh, specific pregame workout. We had uh, postgame certain days depending on how he performed he would look behind the bench at me and go like this like we're lifting after the game it's like and and we would and <laughs> we would push and i'm like dude we lifted we lifted after shoot around this morning you did the pregame thing really but let's go so then you have to see how you're going to break that down you know javel's seven one seven two whatever he is you got to train him a certain way he has to do certain things um yeah you have to change how, how are you going to hit the body if you're training that frequently so you don't you know overtrain and i use that in air quotes because i believe more in under recovering than overtraining um mm. the body can take a lot uh so you have to make it so that he's ultimately so that he can play his best game the next at the, starting at the next tip off right that's right. the, that's the goal so working yeah. backwards from there everything we do in the weight room has to service everything we do outside of the weight room period it should yeah. make everything you do outside better. If it doesn't, the programming's flawed. Yeah. Or you need, or you need to change what you're doing outside. And that makes and sense. That, and that goes for an athlete. That goes for the weekend warrior. That goes for the stay-at-home parent. That goes for the for the kid in school. I can't 
have a kid who comes and trains after school and he's so exhausted from the training that he misses his alarm and, you know, sleeps through a social studies exam. That's yeah. the training. The training is not servicing that kid. That, that's, mm-hmm. you can't train him like that. Yeah. Well, actually, and, and that's maybe a topic worth diving into. Can, can you expand a little bit on, on what you meant by uh, under recovery versus what, what most people would refer to as overtraining? And I, I guess maybe they're, they're different things, but. Yeah. So I used to joke and say that the, the only two, two groups of people who really overtrain or, or, or who are at risk of overtraining are Olympic hopefuls or galley slaves. And you go, most other people just under recover. Um, okay. You're either not allowing your body enough downtime between bouts of exercise or bouts of competition. You're uh, underfeeding, you're underhydrating, you're under supplementing, you're not managing mm-hmm. your stress levels. Um, your sleep is either inadequate or poor quality. Um, you're not getting body work, whether it's massage, cryo, acupuncture, chiro, osteo, whatever it is you do. So somewhere along the line, if you could improve on all that, um, you could probably take the training loads that, that you're imposing on yourself. Mm. Uh, I, I just, I, yes, there are people who do it. So I'm not saying you're not overtraining. I'm saying as a rule, a lot of people, I don't want to overtrain. You're like, relax. You want, I don't want a lot more in the tank before we get there. I don't want to get too big. Relax. You want, you know, (laughs) it's just, I, it's, I can't hear that. I just, you're not going to get too big. Well, this is heavy weight. Is this going to make me big? Not from these eight reps. It's not, you know, that's just, it's not, but if you don't, you know, am I going to hurt my back with this? Probably not. But if you don't sleep and you don't eat and then you come in and do it again and your body is not ready to, to bear the load, it might, but I don't look at mm-hmm. that as that's because that eight rep set, you got hurt. I look at it because what led up to it, you weren't ready for. Yeah. So, how, how, um, and I imagine it's different with the, your elite athletes versus folks who are, you know, in the general population, but, um, you know, what are you looking for when you're deciding, Hey, it's, it's time to back off for this guy a little bit, or, you know, Hey, this guy's really starting to push it. Now we need to like dial it back for a couple of days, let her recover. You know, is that for you? I mean, I know that you've been in the industry a long time. Is it just, you can see another, it. Another they, old reference. God damn it. God so you know what? Damn it. When I started saying it, I was like, Oh man, he's going to, he's going to knock please. this one out of the park. Uh, I, had, I had two guys today, one former <laughs> pro athlete and another guy who's an actor and they were chained together and they were mumbling something over here. And I go, what'd you say? And he goes, we were just looking at you wondering how fucking old are you? And I go, do you want to go? I go, Let, I mean, I, it's, I don't have my AARP card yet. I'm not opposed to it, but do you know what I've done since while you were blowing bubbles in your sleep, I ran for an hour. I lifted, I stretched, and I've seen three people before you moseyed into the gym right. today. So you can call me out all day, but if you want to do this, get on my level. Right, right, right. Yeah. You damn young whippersnappers. There Respect you go. Anybody. What, a, what a great word from the 50s. Oh man, I got them. I got them for days. Um, but yeah, so you know, as, those were those terms are as old as your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We we should do another podcast where my wife tells ghost stories, um, <laughs> which I refuse to acknowledge are real. However, wow. Moving back, um, so yeah, so you know, with 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 that under that under recovery piece, 
Because there, there are a lot of people, and I think there is more general awareness around the needs, the need to like take care of ourselves, sleep, uh, hydration. We just we had a guy on um, Patrick McCown. Watch this, and you can run with this. Sleep is the greatest extra workout you can do. You can do. Oh, I love it. Uh, I just made it up, but I'm I'm going to hey, try to put it. I'm going to try to put it in the capsule for people. Some days you're better not jamming another workout into your week. You're better getting an extra hour of sleep. Dude, you're yeah. burning it. Lady, you're burning it at both ends. Take a minute, you know, take a load off. I mean, right. that. Yeah. Take, take the extra. If you've got your four workouts planned, let's say this week, and all of a sudden your Friday morning meeting frees up and you go, oh, I could get another six mile run in. Hold on, Bubba. Right. You've got the whole week going. Why don't you sleep in a little bit? Why don't you get a massage the night before and sleep in? I'll try mm. that. You might, your all your other workouts might benefit incrementally from that. Maybe. So, you, you know what's interesting? And again, this is like a sample size of one. And it's a very small sample size at that. Focus uh, group, I always say, I always say focus, group, focus group of one. But yeah. this is what I, it's all I got. Exactly. Yeah, it's all I'm working with out here in, in uh, the boondocks. But, uh. I've started meditating. So we, we have had a number of people on, on the show who've talked about mindfulness and the benefits. So it's like, you know, as I've kind of tried to, that's kind of where part of the show was born was trying to get my life better optimized because as I've had more responsibility put on my plate, cracks started to show uh, in areas where I didn't know they existed. Right now I have a wife, I have kids and all of a sudden all these things I could just kind of power through. Well, it started breaking down a little bit. So it's like, okay, I kind of need to readdress all these areas of my life. And at, over the course of doing the show, we've had some fantastic people on to talk about mindfulness, meditation. And I was like, you know, I, I'm going to double down. That's one of the things I'm going to do in this new year. And I'm going to, I'm going to meditate at least once a day with like headspace. Yeah. Headspace. And, Andy, that's my guy. Oh, the best he's, voice in the biz. Do you know him personally? Yeah, of course I do. He's, oh, I actually, he was at the, he spoke at the Lakers uh, to us. And then when I did that podcast uh, that I hosted for Hugo Boss a year, year and a half ago, he was one of the guests that came and he just walked in. He's like, Gunnar, Andy, he's the greatest. Awesome. And, and the voice belies, as great as the voice is, he's that great of a guy. Great really? Oh, yeah, great guy. Man. Yeah, he's been living He's been living in my headphones now for a while. But, there you uh, go. But yeah, well, so what I was going to say, though, to your point, like, yeah, incrementally over time, but um, – you know, I, I've just had something happen where I was, I was at the end of one of my little, you know, cycles and it was going to, it was going to be my really tough one. I have a very specific goal that I'm training for. And I was supposed to be really beat up on this day. And, you know, at the end of that little three week cycle, I, I crushed my own like personal record. And I was like, man, what, I didn't really do anything differently other than the fact that my stress level has definitely been down for the last, you know, month. Which means on a physiological level, right, that your cortisol levels are down. Right. And your body, so your body can recover and repair and and present itself with more fortitude, more strength, mm. more it's, it's more ready to go the next time you turn it on. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, so by, what, by, what it seems. <laughs> by doing less, you did more. Yeah. Yeah. And how yeah, long so, were you doing? Were you doing like the 10 minute ones on Headspace? Yeah. I, so I, I, you know what? I was uh, like most things in my life. When I dive in, I, I, I dive in uh, pretty hardcore. So I, I was doing two 20 minute or 15 minute sessions a day. Um, I do get up pretty early myself. You know, not, I'm not 345, but I'm 5, 530. And so if I can knock it out before the kids are up, yeah. I mean, my whole, my whole day is set. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to get, they're going to get, I'm that way with my workout. If I can knock out yeah. the workout early, people, why do you train so early? I, I go, it, basic math, mm. less people awake, less people to interrupt. <laughs> it's simple. It's just my phone will ring less. I'll have less texts. I'll have less emails. And then if they do trickle in, I can, I can knock them out easy as opposed to a deluge of, of things I have to handle and respond. So I do it when everybody else is asleep. It's easier. I completely agree. Well, and let me ask you this. This is something I've, I've, uh, I've tried to read up on and I still don't feel like I have a good grasp on it, but a a lot of people, especially those who listen to the show, like they have a nine to five job, um, you know, whether they're a weekend warrior, there's someone really crazy about their fitness. They, they do like you, uh, get their workouts in, in the morning. Great. Um, is, you know, like what is the best way to set yourself up for success if you are someone who's going to work out in the morning? And I guess what I'm asking is like, do you, do you eat before you work out? Do you supplement in some way? Like from a physiological level, is there a way that someone can best set themselves up to get the most out of a, an early morning workout? So I don't think the early morning workout is for everybody. I think you have yeah. to, that's a trial and error thing. Some people do better at the midday workout. They knock out X amount of work and either if they're, even if they're in a corporate setting, they change, there's a locker room, they use the, the corporate gym or they step out and they, they do a run and then they come back in and they feel reinvigorated to, to tackle the afternoon. Some people are an after work people. Some people think, well, because I'm working, I can only go after work. No, you, you can't. I mean, there are other times. So I would say trial and error that because what works for yeah. you, and I've done it at all different times around the clock. So I know what works for me. And, and I think, and by working, I mean, what time do you pick to train that you are less likely to blow it off? That's yeah. how I view a successful training program. Um, that said, then you work backwards from there. How do I fuel properly? How do I make sure that I get the most out of the time I'm putting my training? I mean, if I'm training, but I'm not you know, recovered or haven't fueled or hydrated properly, you're leaving performance on the table. And then it's kind of like, uh, why this is maybe not the best time for me. Um, I've done it a million different ways. I've done it, you know, air quotes, carb loading at night, which just means eating too much pasta or rice or something, you know, I'm carb loading. <laughs> oh, I, was car- I was carb loading for yeah, the first yeah. five years of my life. Yeah. Same. I got it. I'm with you. Um, but then I did, you know, fasted. I've done fasted. Um, my nutritionist is a guy named Dr. Philip Golia, uh, hmm. PSC nutrition in, in Santa Monica, not to plug him, but just so someone else is responsible for what I'm about to say. Uh, <laughs> And he's like, why do you do that? You, you, you leave performance on the table. If you're training fasted, you, you never, the way you train, maybe it's just the way I train, you're, you never have enough gas in the tank. Hmm. So he said, you should try this mash. And he uses a, I forget what it was. It was like a nut butter and a jam. And it may have had some kind of a, an oat something in it. And he used to do. Okay. He was a pro, but now he's a fat bastard. And I tell him that to his face. So I'm not speaking out of school. Uh, he was a pro bodybuilder, like literally, I mean, six feet, 265, 3% body fat, that kind of guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then he, then he was a cyclist Then he was a race car driver. He plays guitar. He's a true, I would say Renaissance man, but he's more like a Renaissance caveman. Um, but, but he, he would say you're leaving performance on the table. So I listened to him and he said, so this mash thing, and I tried to put, any of that prep stuff, any prep stuff in the kitchen leaves me cold. I'm just, I'm just not, um, I'm not a good kitchen guy. Um, so then he came out with a product called split nutrition and it's a, it's a packet that has a nut butter, whether it's cashew, almond or peanut and the peanuts are washed. 
So there's no mold, uh, no yeast, no gluten. And then there's a, a jam on the other side. So if I get it right, and I don't want to misquote it, but uh, the fat in the nut butter slows the processing of the sugar in the jam. So you don't get the spike and then the drop off. So <laughs> you have a sustained energy. And I t- literally, if I tell you I get up at 345, that's in my body by 347. It's like, oh, I, wow. just, I nail that so that when I start training at five, uh, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm, it's in the system and I've got something to work off of. And that's, I mean, that's how I fuel pre-workout. Yeah. And I just, you know, I have them actually in the front of my gym in a, in a little, in a big silver monkey bowl. It's like this. And, and they're there just, and I see people come in and they just grab them and you know, you, you need the butter a little bit and then you fold it, rip it and they just, they shoot it and they've got something in their body and they'll say, didn't eat today. And I go, that's smart. I mean, it's like one going on a road trip, didn't put any gas in the car. Here I go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hope, hope it's downhill. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah. So, cause you know, like you said, fast, I, I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't intentionally working out fasted, but that's basically what I've done like the last three to four years ever since we moved out here. Um, and now I'm like, you know, that might not be the best approach for as serious as I'm taking some of this stuff. We'll send you, pro- I'll send you not to plug it, but I'll send you some of the split and try oh, it. Oh man, you, that'd be amazing. You might go, I don't know. I didn't really feel anything. Or I, I tell you the peanut butter and jelly one took me back. All of a sudden I'm like, I'm seven years old again and I want to be on the playground. Like it just, it's the best. I I'll mean, tell you. the best. I, I, I will, I will, uh, venture to say that I might eat more peanut butter than anyone else on the face of the planet. So you already had me, you had me before. I had a contest. Uh, I had a contest that I posted with a kid on social media once. We sat toe to toe and did who could eat the most peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was it was unattractive. I can't in, wait, a, can't in a word. <laughs> That's it. Was un- who, who won? Actually, come on, come on dude. Okay. Would I be talking about it if I lost yeah, it? Sorry, sorry, he sorry. actually the kid went with uh <laughs> he went with uh, some natural you know, where the oil separates, separates and, yeah, it it. Yeah. and I was like, no, 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 I'll just move. bring the GIF. And yeah. I think my first bite was almost half a jar. And he looked and he goes, Oh Uh-oh. God, you might be on, an, <laughs> you might be on another level. I go, I'm warming <laughs> exactly. up now. I had four oh. jars. Oh, one oh. sitting. Yeah. I was sick for, I was sick for a good, like 16 hours. Did not feel great. <laughs> but i tell you this. I stayed off peanut butter for a minute after that. It was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that's my go-to snack. But I, I'm thinking, all right, I need to start doing something like that in the morning. Yeah, I would absolutely try that. Yeah, we'll send um, it to you. Easy. I'll get oh, you send it to you. I appreciate that. Thank I you. Love, very much. I love that we're on here now, and I'm spending his money. I love that. <laughs> well, we'll plug it. Come on, we'll pay. We'll pay it forward somehow. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, cool. And, and uh, you know, you've been so gracious with your time. L- let me ask you this, because this is something that I feel like you might have a, a unique insight into. Um, I'm always so interested in how people, and again, when we talk about success or this pursuit of excellence, you know, not, not doesn't need to be financial, but you work with people who are operating at like the highest level in so many different fields. Um, you know, in working with all of these different folks, like, are, are there any kind of like common traits of success or excellence that have just kind of, uh, you know, become obvious over the years and working with all of these highly successful people? Yeah, there are. Um, and I try to emulate the minute I see when, when I'm able, 
when I'm aware enough to identify them, I immediately mm-hmm. poach and put it and, and go, I'm doing that. Um, so what I see is the highest of the highs do uh, all their own scheduling as a rule. Sometimes mm-hmm. if, it, if there's a flurry of things going on, you may have to go through an assistant because there are too many moving parts in their life. And while they may want to commit to tomorrow at 11, they can't because they have to be somewhere doing something else. So, but other than that, they pretty much text on their own. Um, mm. It's the people just, let's say, let's call them below title uh, that you go through um, a handler or a manager or an assistant. And you're like, okay, but the top ones text you right back and just crush it. And, and, it's great. It makes my job easier. It means they're going to get more of what they want because it's it's bang, bang, bang executed. Um, the other thing is they don't leave texts and um, phone calls unreturned, even if they just write back, uh, "Sorry, missed this. We'll catch up tomorrow." And I and I don't take that again. Right, uh, four agreements. I don't take that personally. I go, got it. I'll be seeing them tomorrow. They don't need to sit doing whatever they're doing in their already too busy lives to text me back and explain why they didn't get back to me. They're going to tell me tomorrow. I'm going to have a captive audience for an hour. Um, they are also rarely late, and they probably have the lowest cancellation rate. The people hmm. who cancel the most, in my experience, again, focus group of one. Um, are the people that have, there's what's that my mom used to say it. If you want, uh, if you want something done, ask a busy person. So I see that with the workouts, the people that are the busiest are the man, are the ones who manage to get in and knock it out week after week after week. Uh, so, so, you know, we have a saying in our house with, with the kids, never late, never cancel, never quit. And hmm. someone said, someone said to me once, oh, you can't, that's, that's a ridiculous thing to live up to. That's putting so much pressure. I said, hold on. I don't expect them to live up to it. I expect that to be the mantra that plays in their head every time they consider doing one of those things. And with that playing as your background music, you're less likely to do it, or you're going to do it less often at the very least. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for a you know perfect record here, but what I'm looking for is you're late one out of a hundred times versus 10 out of a hundred, right? You yeah. cancel one thing versus four things this week. And you quit nothing. Seriously, let's just not quit. Let's just see it through. Yeah. And, and oh, I so, love that. Yeah. So I see I see that with the highest achievers, um, the top of the top. So I'll, I'll give you some I'll give you some numbers to work with. Because yeah, please. you brought this up. Um, I would say it's it's fair to say that the people I work with are all in that category. Hmm. I just don't have not high achievers. They just, over time, they, they filter, it filters itself out, right? It's, it's like, it finds its own natural level and, and you realize I'm probably not the right guy for you. And I realize I'm not the, you're not the right person for me. And, and who realizes it first, you know, it's not a competition, but then it, they just kind of go away. There's never anything awkward. A trainer can't fire a client. That's a misnomer. You can't fire someone who hired you. You're, that just means you're insecure and you want to try to flex and you really have nowhere to flex. Um, but I looked, I have over the last, uh, I've been keeping records on computer of all the workouts and all the billing and all that stuff for the last, I've done this for 30 years. I've kept those records for 26 years, um, on computer before that I kept them because I'm OCD, just like in a little spiral notebook, Hmm. um, over the last 20, uh, five years, my cancellation rate was something like. 8.07%. Hmm. 
So hmm. 8% cancellation, that means 92% attendance, right? That's, yeah. that's great. I mean, that's, that's not, well, I'm not for, speaking about me. I'm saying good for those people. You guys made 92% of your workouts. That's an A. And I mean, maybe not somebody that's an A minus, you know, it's an, look, that's great. Assholes. Last year, uh, I finished the year at 5%. So either the people are getting better or I'm doing something better or we're all hitting our stride and realizing that I need them. They need me. And, and, and this is all working or whatever this year. And I know we're six weeks in, so, you know, pump the brakes. Uh, mm. I just saw it today and it's at like 3.8, 3.48%. So three and a half percent. And I don't expect it to last. I was shocked when last year was so low, but you know, the great, how yeah. awesome is that? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and to, you know, you said this kind of earlier. I mean, and that's credit to them, by the way. I, I'm saying, and this is not full humility. This is credit to them. That's they got in the car, drove to me, trained. Well, and I, you know, to your point, like a workout. When you start looking through your day of like, okay, for most people, it's like, hey, what do I perceive as critical? And where can I start cutting things out? Like I can see how a workout for a lot of folks is like what gets kicked to the, to the, you know, the curb. Yeah. But to your point, like what I hear with that too, is it's like that commitment, um, making it a priority. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if it's determination or persistence or what, but like, I, I can yeah. see how that measure alone becomes like really, really important in understanding a lot about that individual, your clientele. I knew a kid who was a trainer years ago. He's out of the business now. Um, and he, he told me at one point that he had about a 50% cancellation rate. And he goes, I don't care. They all pay. And I said, but it's, I mean, I, okay, I hear that table that it's not about that. That's not, and that's not why you're in the job. And I'm not saying you're in the job because, you know, you're Mr. Altruism and, and you really, you know, want everybody to benefit and you're trying to help people. Okay, fine to whatever. That's a percentage of it. But, yeah. and then there's a percentage of your earning a living fair but there should be a percentage where you take pride in the fact that they enlist you to do this and then they follow through or they see the value in it such that they don't consider canceling it. I like that. I, I want those people because I don't cancel them. Yeah. I, I don't, I just don't do that. I don't call you and say, Hey, I know we're scheduled for three today, but I can't, uh, you know, something came up. I never, that's just not me. Yeah. It's not me. I had somebody, I had a dog die a number of years back and, and I got the call and I have big dogs, I have mastiffs. So, you know, it's literally, it's like, it's not something you can hide. It's, it's like a dead person. It's a massive 170 pound animal that's dead and you wrap it in a sheet and you can't poor guy. I have to take him to the vet and everything. But I said, uh, all right, I, I can get home at three 30. Hmm. They're like, what? what do we do? A, I'm not a vet. B he's dead. I can't, but I'm not going to cancel my clients for that. And you could say, oh, you're heartless. I'm not heartless. Those people are planning this for their day. I've done that. It's not going to change anything if I go and take the dog to the vet at 3.30 or yeah. if I take the dog to the vet now at 10.45. It's not going to do anything. So, you know, that's, I just, that's a, if they're committing, how can I not commit? Yeah. No, you're right. And it's, it's uh, you know, the other word that comes to mind too is like follow through. And, oh, you know, great. now, I mean, th thinking back on, you know, what you said when I asked you at the very beginning, uh, you know, what sets you apart, it's like relentlessness, uh, a willing, and no, no the, re the refusal to quit. Not um, quitting. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, let me ask you this last question. I think I just said that, but if you don't mind, uh, I, I love good. watching all the stuff that you do with, with your own workouts. Uh, it's awesome to see all the different ways that you're training and a lot of, like I said, the innovative stuff and you know, the different, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, like implements that you're, you're pulling into your workouts. Um, for you fitness wise, like, like what are you, your goals? Uh, are you focused on performance? Are you thinking about longevity? Like what is like the focus for you when you're going into the gym on a day-to-day -day basis? So the short answer is yes. Hmm. Yes. Cool. Uh, performance, longevity, all that. Uh, the other answer is, is what I'm doing in the gym. Look, let's, let's not all pretend like saying that we want to look good is a bad, shallow, narcissistic thing. We are a visual society. You are bombarded with pictures of people and video of people um, with great physiques, whether it's in the literally in the background now on certain commercials and shows, the people are shredded. They, like oh, vacation, yeah. vacation destinations, and I've been to some of those places, like the people on the beach are shredded. You go, I didn't see that guy there. Like, like I've been to some of those places and not everybody there was not every woman was a, a supermodel. Not every dude was jacked. It's just not, but right. so we are a visual society, right? It's on the yeah. sides of buses. It's on billboards. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, and I know they use more air quotes, normal people now in, in advertising they ever have, but still visually uh, that's important. I was a fat kid. So I, I gauge how I feel, how I look. So looks are a factor. Performance yeah. is a factor. I train so that I can do what I do during a day. I still see six, seven people every single day. I can't <laughs> train in a way that when I go to show you um, a, a lateral kettlebell drifting lunge and I push the kettlebell way out, I can't risk that, you know, I tear an adductor showing you that. So I have to train in a way that allows me to show that. And then if I'm doing that move with anybody else, or if I'm doing something else later in the day, I can't risk that when I showed you that at eight, that at two, that rears its head and I have a new injury. So mm. performance for me, oh, you're not yeah. an athlete. Yeah, you are. Life's, an, life's a sport. Everybody's an athlete. If you look at it like that. Um, yeah. So performance, longevity. I like what I do for a living. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to get out of the gym. I'm not trying to retire and tap out. I like doing this. I, you know, right. I take new people when they pop up and, and when schedules mesh. So I want to, I want the longevity. I want the performance. I want the looks and I want everything I do when I come home, whether it's with my wife or whether it's with my kids, older or younger kids, I want to be able to be a participant and not just on the sidelines. So that's how mm -hmm. I train. And I try new stuff and different stuff. And whether it's my cardio or my strength, I, I play with stuff. So yeah, yeah, all of it. No, I, I love that. Well, and you know, the longevity piece is so interesting for me too, because I've, I've come to this realization. Um, you know, it's like, I, I have some big ambitious goals and, you know, to your point, like the, again, and not everything's financial, but I have a lot of things I want to accomplish. And I'm like, man, I just wish I had more time in the day. Cause I'm so excited about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, listen, I would probably be better served if I really focused on a couple of these things at once. And maybe I just extend the amount of time that I have to get a lot of these things done. Um, you know, so I mean, for me, that's where a lot of these questions come from. It's like an excitement about wanting to get stuff done. And so it's like, how do I keep myself in a, a way where I can continue to perform for a, a, you know, a longer amount of time? So two, uh, two things, two things. And this, as the yeah. older guy, as the older guy on the podcast, and I bring that up only because you did a number of times, um, 
There's a guy <laughs> named Ray Cash Care uh, okay. on Instagram, former SEAL, terrific guy, great guy, sharp, uh, out of his mind, as you would expect. And yeah. uh, I lost my train of thought, but Ray talks about um, putting out, right? You have to just put out to mm. be part of this. You have to give the effort and, and, and do that. You can't wade in, right? And, and if you're not doing that the whole time, you're, you're never, ever going to see how far you can go. And then he talks mm. about another thing of cutting out the one person, and you may have more than one that's dragging you down. And mm. he says, those people are sucking up your time, which comes back to what we spoke about time. Yeah. You can't replace it. And he goes, look hard at your circle. And he said, it may be a family member. And he goes, I'm sorry if it is, it's tough, but cut them out. And he goes, don't wait. Don't wait till you see them on the weekend. Don't do it slowly. Don't try to ease away, cut them out. And yeah. when he, I, he came and spoke at my house to my kids. Al, and I was like, Whoa, that's rough, but he's not wrong. I didn't learn that till a few years ago. And you know, I'm a slow learner, but He's so right. Cut those people out. The ones who don't want you to go to the gym or the ones who want you to do something you shouldn't do or cut those people out because they're cutting into, like you said, you have things you want to do, but you have a finite amount of time. How are you going to do those? How are you going to reach your goals lofty or not? Yeah. You've got somebody holding you, even if they're just pulling you a little bit, right? Watch a basketball game, that little Jersey hold, watch a football game, that little Jersey hold. Maybe that's not a huge infraction. Maybe that's not a personal foul, but that's a penalty, man. You can't yeah. do that. You're holding that guy back. So if, if you have those people, cut them out. Um, yeah. I had a guy on the, on our strength staff with the Lakers last year, uh, Ed Strite, terrific guy. He was head strength coach at, uh, at UConn and Dayton. He had worked with the bulls. We were so lucky at the Lakers to land him. Um, mm on the training on in the training department in, in the strength and conditioning department and ed would lift with me on the road and sometimes at my gym here during the season off season hey i've got shoot i have 25 years on him i mean he like it's like ed you're lifting with your grandpa but we would go to these places and he'd go you want a deadlift today you want a squat today and i'd go yeah now stronger than i am some things way stronger but the fact that I'm game, that keeps me young. So so yeah. surrounding yourself with those people who push you, that's not in my normal training protocol, right? I'm not max out deadlifts on Tuesday when I know i got a full week ahead of me, whether it's Lakers or Lakers plus my own clients or, or whatever it is. But I'm doing that because I'm, I'm evolving. I'm growing. I'm getting better by working with guys who are trying to get better. Yeah. Um, and I, and I look at that and, and, and putting people like that around you set you up for success. And, and again, they don't have to be billionaires. They don't have to be top in the world. They're good, solid people with good, solid values who push themselves to be better. I want to be around those people all the time. Yeah. Oh man. I, that might be where we end it. I think, I think that's some good, uh, some, dare I say sage life advice. No, man, yeah. that's all. I well, you know what, too? And I will say this, um, you know, th there is a real cost in terms of time and energy when you're dealing with someone who's just and I, I don't mean holding you back because they can't keep up, but someone who's just a, a drag, either it's uh, a negative influence or constantly like, you know, taking more than they're giving back. Um, and I think to your point, like it's it's really hard for people to cut those types of folks out of their life. But you have uh, to look at that from 10,000 feet and you have to say, yeah. okay, 
he's in a tough, she's in a tough spot now. He, she is pulling me down now. My God, every time I get on the phone with this guy, he's such a downer. But then you have to go, that's because they're going through this now in the mm-hmm. macro cycle of their life, of your, of your relationship with them. They've been great for X amount of time. If they're going right. through a down period, you don't cut them off then. That's not cool. But yeah, if you yeah. look back and you know, you'll know who they are immediately. When he said this, we were sitting outside and, and, uh, you know, all COVID uh, protocols were being observed. You know, we were all separate and there were like 12 of us and Ray was speaking to us and he goes, you know who they are. And he, and he paused and he looked at all of us and he goes, you're thinking about them right now. And I was like, Oh my God, get out of my head. Yes, I know. There's always one person who's doing that to you and they probably don't mean it. And they're probably not bad people, but if you're trying to achieve these lofty goals, you say, you just can't afford that. You cannot mm. afford that. Yeah, it's great advice. I'm gonna I'm gonna link to uh, I'll I'll look him up and I'll link to him in the show notes as well. But uh, yeah, link to him. Link to Ed Strite. Great people, and uh, both would probably be solid guests. Not to to not to cast your oh, show. Oh man, forward, no, that would be amazing. Would probably be solid guests on on your show and. Uh, and your listeners would benefit from hearing them. And you're going to get different ages, different world experiences, but both bring uh, a lot of good, don't make me tear up, just a lot of good heart to the table. And I love people like that. Yeah, I totally agree. No, and I, I wish someone would cast my show for me. So this is uh, this is incredibly helpful. Well, awesome. Gunner, man, this is this has been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, we talked about everything that you're fitting into your day. So uh, I think people are going to take a lot away from this one. Uh, a lot of lessons learned for sure. And again, man, just just thank you. Really appreciate thank it. You. I appreciate your, your reaching out and, and making something work and let me know. And when you um, when you promote this and plug this, tag me and we'll do the same from this end. You better go ask mommy, daddy. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my show. Oh, wow. Are we using that? I don't know. Is that what I sound like? Is that what I sound like when I start this? What's up, everybody? (laughs) Oh, wow. Hey, it's a tagline. I know. Uh... I don't know how else to start it. You know, it's very difficult. People probably don't realize yeah, this. To, I, like, to talk to nothing and to like start talking. Oh my God. Very challenging. I would never be able to do it. I mean, I would. <laughs> well, you just did. Yeah, I know. But I was, I, I, I was backed with the confidence of knowing I was mimicking you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my own thoughts I was putting out there for the universe to judge. That's true. You were just. Uh, I was copycatting you. Yeah. Trying to crush my soul. Uh, no, I, I love your interest. So, <laughs> what's if, up, everybody? If I sound if I sound weak, famished, tired, uh, it's because it's like eight forty two here. Oh my god! Do what you know what just most... came into my head? I'm sorry to interrupt you. When <laughs> okay, I what? what came into that that big old brain? <laughs> when I was young, I had my voicemail on my phone. Yeah, do you want me? To, it was a song. Do you want me to sing it to you? Sure do. <laughs> okay. Beep. <laughs> this is Sonia's phone. Leave a message or go home. I'll try to return your call or else I'm at the mall. <laughs> that was my voicemail. That's pretty good. I bet all the boys were just waiting to leave you voicemails. Boys didn't call me. <laughs> <laughs> how old How old were you? Um, it was when I got a phone like my junior year of high school. <laughs> 
so many things about that are like a time capsule. Like number one, our kids probably won't even have a voicemail yeah. message. Yeah. They'll all they won't even text. They'll Remember be... ringbacks? What was a ringback? Like Oh yeah. When someone when you were calling someone, they like instead of hearing like you would hear like the song you'd they chose for Nelly. you to hear. Yeah. You'd hear some Nelly or some Ja Rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also they're not gonna go to the mall. I don't know if there's going to be any malls left. I know. That's crazy. Pretty crazy. That's so crazy. Let's so I don't see. know. What, where, what were we talking about? I don't know why that just popped into my head. Oh, uh, no. I know what I was trying to talk about okay, before I was so uh, uh, politely interrupted. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say uh, I'm cranky. I'm irritable. I'm hungry. I know. I was, try- I was really trying to lighten the mood in here. You're four days into a fast. I'm delirious. And you have more energy uh, then quite frankly, I know what to do with. Well, you know what I did? I I had this like, so on day four, I had this little snack bar. It's like a chocolate treat. <laughs> yeah. It's basically just nuts with like a tiny bit of chocolate coating. And I, well, sorry, my brain just froze. I ate it before, <laughs> right before this so that I would have a little energy because I was inspired you got a whole lot by his little peanut butter and jelly snacks that he was oh, talking about. Hey, nice tie back. Yeah. You're getting good at this 50 episodes in. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, know what I've been doing time. in the mornings? I don't know if this is what he wanted me to do, but I have been having a scoop of peanut butter. I wake <laughs> up, I have a little peanut butter. You should drizzle some jelly on it. Oh boy. Wouldn't that be I nice? I should get you jelly in the squeeze bottle and you can just, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, Smuckers? Yes. yes I do. <laughs> Everyone knows what you're talking about. You know what? I will say I was pretty salty. You have lightened my mood. <laughs> That's really was my intention. It's actually one of the... I was downstairs giving myself a pep dog. I was like, I need, I need to come in hot. He's in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You're the MVP of this episode. And that's hard because Gunner was Thank fantastic. You. Yeah, this was... like I've said this before, but I actually haven't said this in a while. This is my favorite episode. I was... You know, I mentioned it in the intro, which I recorded But it's your favorite this. episode too? Uh, I didn't say that because I've learned I can't it's like say that. like picking a child. Yeah, you can't say that. Well, no, but I, I said it was absolutely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was. But I mentioned, like, you love this one. Yeah, I loved it. And I came downstairs. I think you were like maybe 20 minutes into it. And you were like, The first 20 minutes was all awesome just him episode. dropping like just really dropping spectacular yeah. little tidbits of knowledge. Yeah, it was great. And I also love that he kept on like, making fun of you for making fun of him for like calling him old. I don't remember but like, that, <laughs> the being made fun of. Or he was just like poking fun, you know? <laughs> I felt like we were getting along pretty well there, actually. I don't uh, No, Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, and you know, I actually, which I, I know I, you would never intentionally do that, which I thought was extra funny. No, but I do unintentionally put my foot in my mouth yeah. all the time. Yeah, you do. No, that was great. Yeah. And yeah, so many, uh, I almost did it again. I was going to say words of wisdom. And he would have been listening and been like, son of a, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I, I thought it was such a good one. So you know what? It was so good. In fact, I'm going to let you lead with the takeaways today. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Uh, yeah, I'm prepared. I know you came in hot with a lot of energy and wait, can we just start with, yeah, what do you want to start with? You had all three of my takeaways. I did. We had the same takeaway. You had, we had other takeaways, but the ones that I chose to tell you about, we had the same ones. We did, and yours overrode uh, whatever decision I was going to make. I was like, yeah, <laughs> those are perfect. Done. Yeah. That's why you're here. You're here to tie it all together. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I think we should start with his mantra. Yep. Let it rip. That he tells his kids. Yeah. Never late, never cancel, never quit. Mm-hmm. See everything through. But 
what I like is like he doesn't expect perfection when it comes to the never right. late and never cancel, but he does with the never quit. And I think that's so important. And what like a lot of parents don't stress that enough with kids today. Like if it's hard, they're allowed to stop. But I think it's so important to make kids see things through adults too, but like start it when they're kids. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree because it's like, look, if no, no one is ever going to hit all three of those. Like there's some, sometimes yes, things will come up. You're going to be late. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to have to cancel. But his point was like, look, you know, if you make this like one of your kind of guiding principles, like maybe you're late. Like he's, I think he said one out of every 100. Yeah. Maybe you cancel one out of every 100 meeting, you know, and it's mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said for just uh, and I think he said as much too at the very beginning. I was like, what has separated you from the pack? What To what do you attribute your success? And he was like, I just don't quit. And and the word I don't even know if he used it specifically, but what I heard was relentless. Yeah, just like unwilling to like give up, stop, just keep pushing forward. Yeah, and that's something that I hear so often from people who've had a lot of success. Is they're like, look, I just kept going, and in the beginning, and mm -hmm. I'm not saying he was, but. They're like, in the beginning, I was terrible. Like, I look back at where I started, and it is like I cringe. Yeah. However, I just kept going. I just kept moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. Like, for kids, you need to instill that early because it is mm -hmm. so easy to give up, especially yeah. if you're allowed to do it. Oh, yeah. So I love that one. Man, I mean, yeah, we, we don't even need to do the other takeaways because that that in itself is just, uh, that applies to everything. Yeah, definitely. Like you're fast. Uh-huh. Is it been easier this third time? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been like less hungry. Or I'm like, I like know how it goes. So maybe I'm like yeah. less. I don't know. And I've been a little busier this time. I think key, the key thing is to keep busy. You know what? I'm I, an idle snacker. Oh, yeah. Snack attack. So. <laughs> Snack attack, Kenny. <laughs> one thing that I was thinking of too, and I think we we talked about this. The fact that um, we had Dr. Vidat on to put a little bit more in perspective, I think it almost kind of like reaffirmed the purpose versus a thousand just percent, like... Because I wasn't even going to do it again. Yeah. yeah. I was I was like, uh, like, I don't want... Like, I just don't want to do it. And then when I heard her talk about it, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it three months in a row. Yeah. Go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. Sorry. Back, back to the takeaways. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll take the second one. Because I really like this. And I, I talked a lot in the early, early episodes about uh, my experience actually overtraining. Mm -hmm. Right. And I completely agree with what he's saying. Most of it is under recovering. And actually, you know what? If I reframe looking back, you know, what I actually probably was doing was under recovering. Like I was pushing myself really hard all the time for mm -hmm. that uh, competition, that decathlon. Uh, and I was probably overdue, overtaxing myself, but mm -hmm. to his point, I mean, who knows, maybe I wouldn't have uh, overtrained myself had I been getting the right amount of sleep, doing a better job with my nutrition. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, that's a really important lesson there mm -hmm. because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want, like he was saying, I don't want to work too hard. I don't want to do too much because what if this happens? It's like, you know what? <laughs> I guarantee you that won't happen. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get too jacked after this workout. Uh, I, honestly, I was thinking to myself, 
when I'm like, when you, when I first started weight training with right, you right. and I was like, mm, I just like, don't want to get really jacked. So I, I was like, um, <laughs> and I would do, squ- I would do squats <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, my legs going to get really big. Or I would like do anything with my arms. Cause I do get muscular quickly. Yeah. But I was just like worried that I was going to get jacked, which I never did. Yeah. Which I, I don't think I, maybe I could, but I like, it would take a lot to get jacked. Yeah. I think you're pretty buff. What? Super bonus, buff. bonus takeaway. He bonus also takeaway. said, and it sounds like he's going to coin it, but sleep is the extra workout. Yeah. You I know, like that too. I can't believe neither of us wrote that down. That was really good. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just didn't want to share it with me. You're I actually just shared it with you. Saving it to sprinkle later. Yes. Yeah, I was holding out on you so that I had something to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, uh, what a good lesson. Like you have to recover. And you know what? Uh, it's always two steps forward, one step back. But I feel like over the last year of doing this podcast, we've been slowly making a lot of these changes, sleep, nutrition, not that we were like that far off to begin with, but I am noticing I'm, I'm putting together way more days in a row where I feel sharp Mm -hmm. compared to where I was a year ago. Yeah, definitely. Like I still have the day that I'm exhausted. I know you do too. But I just, I just feel like we're stringing, we're stringing more good days together. Yeah. But I feel like that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. And, and like, even in the beginning, he said it, like, if you're trying to make the world a better place, then mm-hmm. I'm here for it too. Like, it, it's just like, listen, if you listen to all of these, you take things here and there yeah. that you implement into your life and hopefully it's changed it for the better. But that's, I mean, even us who are doing the podcast, you specifically, like we're t- doing the same thing and we're implementing things and we're seeing strides and yeah how we feel we're podcasters folks but uh we're people just like you that's what sonia's trying to say we're normal folk too <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh okay last one actually i feel like you really enjoyed this show uh would you would you please do the final takeaway oh okay this has basically been your session here <laughs> okay i guess i could do that i started the show <laughs> yeah just i mean close it out yeah um yeah, no one is self-made. Mm-hmm. You don't get anywhere by yourself, which is like, you always hear about like self-made, whatever. Yep. But it's so true. No one does anything totally by themselves. You always, there's always people in your corner. There's always people who have helped you along the way, whether it be small or big, you know? I mean, it's important to hustle and, you know, I, do your thing, but there's always someone there. I completely agree. And, you know, as I said, and I probably made, he's when I probably shouldn't have started with like the whole humility thing because he's like, oh, Jesus, man, you're going to make me talk about how I'm humble. Humble people don't like talking they about being like, humble. No, exactly. So bad question. However. Maybe that's why I like liked it so much because I was like, oh, my, I love this guy. He is actually humble. Yeah. No. I mean, look, exactly what you said. I wrote him. He has a ton on his plate. I mean, look, he, he, he explained that he has to get up at 345 because yeah. he has so much shit going on during the day that that's the time he's got to get up to be able to get his own workout in, get himself ready for the day, and then to start working with clients. Yet he he was happy, I assume, I think, <laughs> he pretended, uh, to do this episode because he's like, look, man, you're trying to help people? He's like, "What? in any way that I can help you do that, let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool to his point. It's like, look, I understand that it's like I didn't get here on my own. You know, like there's so many people that contributed along the way to help him get to where he is. And I feel like for all of us, that's just such a good, like teachable Mm -hmm. moment because it's so easy to get caught up in our own bullshit. 
Yeah. You know, uh, for better or worse. So it's nice, you know, like, I don't know. Don't be so hard on yourself. And when something good happens, like, don't take all the credit either. Like, yeah, a lot of people were there to make it happen. Tom Brady. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I was just thinking this before. Fresh off the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking this before. Like, that whole team should be getting the credit. And I feel like everyone's just showering him and Gronk with credit. But I don't know. Whatever it is. Wow. You know what, though? That is fair. And that's the media. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it is cool. It's unbelievable. But I'm just like, okay. You're right. Maybe they weren't the only ones on the field. You're right. And now, look, I also think Tom Brady does a very good job of like spreading the love, spreading the wealth. You mm-hmm. know, he, he is not the like, look at me. I I'm not blaming t- him for this. No, I know. You're yeah, right. no, I'm, yeah, but I, I was just like, oh, I don't know. That's a bit short-sighted. Yeah, I, don't know. I know. It's just, it's just like the narrative that everyone loves. Yeah. Uh, but it oh my God. Narrative. I mean, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't How much longer can he play? And I, and I can't I, wait to find out. That's what I mean. I don't mean that like ugh, a year, like how much longer can you do this? I'm like, how much longer? How much longer can you do it? Because I will keep watching. Yeah. I am awesome. now so locked in. I want to see how long he can do it for. Yeah. Can he push it to 50? Crazy. Some people would say like, that is the stupidest thing you've ever said. And I'm like, how old is he now? Do you remember? 43? 43? 44? He might be 44, actually. I mean, he just took a brand new team and a brand new system to the Super Bowl. And they were like not so great before, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's crazy. They traded their franchise quarterback. They Yeah, they had to restock the shelf. (sighs) All right, Tom Brady, Sony's calling you out. 43 years old, sorry. Spread the love. I was just checking. I was checking. No one is self-made. He's 43 years old. All right. Well, yeah, this was another great one. You know what I loved about this one, too? Is that a lot of this stuff ended up being mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, which I which I think are, are some of the best episodes. Yeah. You know? Because, like, look, sometimes you need to get a little motivation. You need to get fired up. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All righty. Maybe that's a good place to wind this one down. Uh, so. Oh, hey, this is going to be on YouTube. Oh, we got oh, a but little, there's no, not, well, not, not our not faces, us, though. not us, but no, I was going to say, because I look so good tonight. Yeah. You look pretty awesome. That's a nice flannel. <laughs> All righty. Well, Hey, thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. We hope you got as much out of it as we did. And, uh, we got another good one coming next week. Michael Boyle. So stay tuned folks. Exciting. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.